morning to each one of you. I want to thank Albert, Renee, and Jane for leading us in our worship this morning. It's taken a little bit of effort to get back here in a combined service uh, together. And so a lot of things happened at PCC or C had to be rewired and so forth to get the Zoom to work for the combined service. A lot of cleanup had to happen and distancing, all those things. Hopefully these things are all behind us now, but I just wanted to take a moment to thank those people who made this possible this morning. Oh, we've made a lot of changes for each of us. Oh, one of the things we're not supposed to touch each other, not supposed to shake hands. I kind of like that because I'm not really a hugger and I don't have to hug anyone anymore. Uh, but this morning we are together with our brothers and sisters from the Chinese English. Maybe just turn around and just say hello to each other. All right, that's good. I'm glad. I'm glad you guys can. Uh, and we'll have time later today. Um, hopefully during our picnic, can spend more time with each other. I'd like to measure, um, mention some special um, milestones happening here at PCC. One is the graduation of our college seniors. They're not all pictured here. There's, there's about 15 from CMU and Pitt that have graduated this year. And we're really thankful that they're part of the PCC body. We love investing in them, and we love the life that the seniors and all the ACFers bring to us. They're taking a senior trip this Tuesday. You can remember them as they travel up to Maine and spend time together. I don't know if I was supposed to see it last night, but I saw this board at the Bueller house where you have a whole board full of prayer um, sticky pads all over this board. That was actually very special to me that you guys aren't going just to have fun, but you actually have a purpose and to pray and to remember each other before the Lord. That was very special. Okay, this is perfect. The latecomers who just came in the door, that is these two right here. Uh, this is two of our graduates. This is Ben and Diana. My guess in about six hours from now, uh, they will be married for about two minutes. So Pastor Hans will be um, leading their uh, wedding ceremony at 4.30 this afternoon. We'd like to remember them on this special day. 
I'm glad your families could come join us this morning. Now this couple here has been married a little bit longer. This couple has been married 15 years. And it's special this week we got to celebrate with this family 15 years of marriage. And it's very clear to Pastor Hans, this is the best decision that you've made in the last 15 years, is to marry Irene. Now this couple we're just getting to know, but my guess is your anniversary is around 30 years, so somewhere, plus or minus 30, somewhere in that range. But we're very thankful for Pastor JJ to be here about two months and uh, doing great work here at PCC. Very thankful for them. To get to our message today, we're going to actually go back to the book of Ruth. In the messages that Pastor Hans has given us, he's covered all of Ruth chapter 1. So if you'll stand with me, we're going to read through about 12 verses of Ruth chapter 2. Why don't we stand together and read these verses? Okay. Now Naomi had a relative of her husband's, a worthy man of the clan of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, Let me go to the field and glean among the ears of grain, after him whose sight I shall find favor. And she said to her, Go, my daughter. So she set out and went and gleaned in a field after the reapers, and she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was the clan of Elimelech. Then Boaz said to Ruth, Now listen, my daughter, do not glean in another field or leave this one, but keep close to my young women. Have I not charged young men not to touch you? And when you are thirsty, go to the vessels and drink what the young men have drawn. Then she fell on her face, bowing down to the ground, and said to him, Why have I found favor in your eyes, that you should take notice of me, since I am a foreigner? But Boaz answered her, All that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband has been fully told to me. Now you left your father and mother in your native land and came to a people you did not know before. The Lord repay you for what you have done, and a full reward be given to you by the Lord the God of Israel, under whose wings you have taken refuge. This is the word of the Lord. Naomi的丈夫以利米勒的新族中有一个人名叫波阿斯，是个大财主。摩押女子路德对拿尔米说：“容我往田间去，我蒙谁的恩，就在谁的身后拾取麦穗。”拿尔米说：“女儿啊，
Father, we're thankful for your word. How it's strong and powerful. May we let your word teach us to be the authority over us. And as we study Ruth and Naomi, may we learn about the sovereignty and grace Pray these things in your name. Amen. Amen. May be seated. Okay, so not all of us were here through Pastor Han's messages through Ruth 1. So I'm just going to back up a little bit. We'll go through Ruth 1, and then we'll get to the uh, verses that we were just reading today. You guys might remember Ruth actually is not the focus in chapter one. It actually starts out with a marriage between Elimelech and Naomi. Elimelech and Naomi have a very good successful marriage at this point. And they have two children. Melan and Kilian. It's a good marriage, and they live in a city of, you guys remember? Bethlehem. You might remember Bethlehem means the house of bread. So unfortunately, during this time, there was a famine that struck Israel. And it made Elimelech's family very desperate. So desperate that Elimelech's family decides or planning to go to Moab. You guys remember Moab and who and what that country stood for? Moab is on the other side of the Dead Sea. And on the other side of the Dead Sea, this land of Moab was not very friendly to Israel. Remember, Moab hired Balak to curse Israel in Numbers 22. Moab fights and oppresses Israel in the time of the judges. Moab worshipped a god named Chemosh, who required them to sacrifice children to him. In a short summary of Moab, Moab is their enemies. They're cut off from God's blessing, cut off from God's redemption. But Elimelech and Naomi are so desperate, so hard pressed, that they decide to go to this land of Moab anyways. So what was life like in the land of Moab? Well, it may have started off good, but it actually ends in tragedy for Elimelech and for Naomi. 
For a short while, just after living in Moab, Elimelech dies. You can imagine Naomi having a broken heart. Her husband, her supporter, her provider is now taken from her. You would think at this point that Naomi would want to go back to Israel. And instead, she thinks of a plan that I'm going to stay here in Moab. So she hatches a plan for her sons to marry Moabite women. It was very clear that they're not to marry Moabite women. But there were two daughter-in-laws, Melon married Orpah and Chilion married Ruth. So Naomi at this point thinks, I'm good, I don't need God. Then in ten short years, all of her plans come crashing down. The worst of her fears come true. Melon, her oldest, her number one son, dies. The one that should have taken Elimelech's place, God took away. And before she could face this terrible loss, Killian, her youngest, dies. Her baby of the family, the one that she probably cherished a great deal. So this is a very difficult time for Naomi. How would Naomi deal with this unthinkable catastrophe? Think of her situation. She's a widow, she's penniless, she's broken. She has nowhere else to turn right now. At this time, we'd see that Naomi sees the harshest realities of life. It would be a profoundly depressing time for Naomi. A time when she might think that death is better than life. And this is reflected in verse 20 of chapter 1 from Naomi. She said to them, Don't call me Naomi, call me Mara, for the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. I went away full, and the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi when the Lord has testified against me and the Almighty has brought calamity? 在那里他的心情圣经上这么说拿尔米对他们说不要叫我拿尔米要叫我马拉因为全能者使我受了大哭我满满的出去耶和华使我空空的回来耶和华降祸于我全能者使我受哭既是这样你们为何还要叫我
And I think we should have sympathy and empathy for her at this time. But another question is, is Naomi a victim of bad luck? Should we pity poor Naomi? Is this the correct perspective to look at Naomi? Let's examine Naomi's choices up to this point. Naomi doubts God. She left the land of promise and went to Moab. To the land of her enemies. Then she encouraged her sons to marry Moabite women. Strictly forbidden by God, she disobeys God's command. And in light of this, Naomi blames God for bringing calamity upon her. Naomi doubts God. She trusts in Limelech, she trusts in Melon, she trusts in Kilian, she trusts in Moab. But none of these points is she turning to God to trust in him. Instead, she trusts in the human um, wisdom and what she can do in her own plans. So we see Naomi with a very bitter heart here. She says, call me Mara. An unfaithful heart. But before we condemn Naomi too much, I want to say that our house is very similar to Naomi's. How do I know this? It's because the Bible exposes my house. The Bible always portrays what is true and real. The Bible is the world's best diagnostic. The Bible diagnoses clearly and accurately, account after account, what is in our own hearts. Our house is also a tragedy. Every room in our house is covered by dirt, covered with sin. Sin has left every one of our houses in a broken state. Now on the outside, we might pretend that our house is perfect. I'm often reminded this, and I'm not trying to offend anyone, but when Julie and I receive Christmas cards, Perfect children. Going to the perfect school. 
getting perfect grades. And the part I like most is there's always perfect smiles. Even the in-laws are smiling. I mean, this is a perfect family. But that's not the way the Bible portrays our families. The Bible shows Naomi's family as broken and fallen. No matter how much Naomi wants to fix her family, she cannot. And we look accurately in our own hearts. Each one of our families, our hearts, are broken and fallen the same way as Naomi's. And we take a moment to look deeply in our own hearts. I think the weight of our sin and here is a very difficult question. Why? Why would God allow Naomi to go through such suffering? Allowing Ruth to suffer so much. We know the situation. It looks bad. It's, it tastes bad. It feels bad. What ultimately is God's plan for this situation? And here's something to think about is that we're more than just sinners. We are the children of grace. God sees our brokenness, sees our sin, and he redeems our brokenness. In fact, God uses our brokenness for his good, for our good. So let's get back to this account. When we look back to Ruth and we look a little deeper at this broken home, what do we see? This is again from chapter 1, verse 16. But Ruth said, Do not urge me to leave you or from following you, uh, return from following you. For where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people should be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord do so to me. And more also, if anything but death parts me from you. So in midst of all this brokenness and all this sin, we see Ruth demonstrating grace. And undeserved loyalty from Ruth. A profession of true faith from a Moabitess. Uh, 是, 实在是对神, 
She wants to take care of Naomi. She wants to care for Naomi. She promises never to leave Naomi. 路德呢，他答应他绝对不会离开拿尔米，他会好好的照顾拿尔米。And if you think of the story, we could never understand this grace if we didn't see the brokenness first. 我们在这里看见有这样子的恩典，我们没办法了解这样的恩典。如果我们不先看到他他们之前的破碎的话，可以 take a moment and think about what kind of person is Ruth. 让我们再来想一想，路德他是什么样的人呢 ？I told you about the the letters you get and some of your friends, but many of those letters that Julie and I get are just what we would call acquaintances. 那我刚才提到我们收到了许多卡片还有信件，但是很多呢其实就是我们认识的人而已。But if you really had a friend, a friend like Ruth, what would it look like? 如果你真的有一个朋友，哈，路德真的是你的朋友的话，她是什么样的女子 ？They'd be open and honest. They would open up their hearts to you. 那他们当她她的这个女子呢？她是她会把自己向你敞开的人。They would tell them the depression that your children are going through, the the loss of the jobs. They would tell what's really happening in their lives. 如果你有这样的朋友的话，他会真的把他自己遭遇的不好的状况，他也许失业，也许有什么样子的厄运，他都会跟你分享。Some of them would condemn you and judge you, but continue to walk with you step by step. 不是那个会来责怪你，或者是啊呃,呃对你不有不好的话语的人，而是能够一路上跟随你。Can you imagine what your life would look like if you had one friend like Ruth? 如果你可以想象，如果你有一个像路德这样的朋友，那该有多好！ Now I want you to think a little broader and think about what happened if we had people like Ruth here in our church. 那我们再来想一想，如果在我们的教会里面有这么一位路德的话。We just had a chance to say hello to some of our neighbors here. 我们刚才呢才跟我们的啊旁边的弟兄姐妹来打招呼。If the people surrounding you in this room were like Ruth, promise to love you and care for you and have loyalty to you, what would our church look like? 如果你刚才打招呼身在你身边，你刚才打招呼的这些弟兄姐妹是路德的话，那他会答应要好好的来跟随你，好好的来照顾你，好好来跟你一起过教会生活。I began thinking about my own family, and I thought, what happened if my children grew up to be someone like Ruth? 在我自己的家里面，我就在思考，如果我的孩子长大像路德一样 ，What would my family look like if my children had a model like Ruth to model after? 如果我的啊、uh, ，孩子都像路德一样，那我的家该会有多好 ？And most of us are married, know that no one influences us more on this earth more than our husband or our wife. 啊、uh, ，在座很多都是已经结婚的弟兄姐妹，你就知道说啊， uh, 我们的配偶是影响我们最大的人。What happens if your husband or your wife had the qualities of Ruth? 如果啊， uh, 你的先生、你的太太有路德这样的品质，那会该有多好呢 ？If that happened, I would say you are a recipient of grace. 如果是那样的情况的话，我就会说你是在领受了很大的恩典。So、you're receiving something that you did not deserve. 你得到了你不该得的。And this is one of the deeper concepts of Ruth, learning that Ruth could be a prototype or a, a, a symbol of of Christ. 在这里，这个路德记一个深处的意思就是路德他其实就是啊、呃、基督的一个预表。We're going to explore that in just a few moments. 那我们再来看啊、呃、路德记怎么说。And、I'd like to move on to chapter two, as we. Oh, I guess. Oh, okay. In chapter two, I'd like to read you verse three. So、okay. she's、uh, okay. So she set out and went out and gleaned in the field. This is after Ruth and Naomi go back to Israel, and 
the field after the reapers, and she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the clan of Elimelech. 在路德記第二章這裡呢,就是路德他回到了以色列地,在那裡呢,聖經這麼說,路德說去了來到田間,在收割的人身後拾取麥穗,他恰巧到了以色列地的本族的人波阿斯那塊田裡。So after all the tragedy, finally Naomi and Ruth head back to Israel and they end up in the field of Elimelech. excuse me, Boaz, excuse me. 經歷了這麼多的苦難之後,拿耳米和路德最終終於回到了以色列地,結果他們也恰巧來到了這個波阿斯的那塊田裡。In the verses we read this morning, we found out that Boaz is a worthy man. 在今天早上我們讀的經節,我們就認識到波阿斯呢,他是一個財主。In chapter 4 he, be, he greets his workers, the Lord be with you. 在那裡呢,波阿斯對他的工人呢,他他打招呼是說,願耶和華與你們同在。isn't that interesting that all the fields that end up in that Ruth ends up in the field of Boaz? Boaz is a godly man. Boaz is a worthy man. Boaz is related to her through Elimelech. This is teaching us something. That this is God's world. We might think that chaos and evil rules this world. It does not. It is God who rules this world. God brings Ruth to Boaz's field for a very special purpose. It goes on a little bit more. Let me read more from verse 8. Then Boaz says to Ruth, Now listen, my daughter, do not glean in another field or leave this one, but keep close to my young women. Let your eyes be on the field that they are reaping, and go after them. Have I not charged the young men not to touch you? And when you are thirsty, go to the vessels and drink what the young women or young men have drunk. 但继续在在路德记那里第八节那里,波阿斯对路德说,女儿啊,听我说,不要往别人田间拾取麦穗,也不要离开这里,要常与我使女同门在一处,我的仆人在哪块田收割,你就跟着他们去,我已经吩咐
Boaz answering why he extends grace to Ruth. He says, all that you've done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband has been fully told to me and how you've left your father and mother in your native land and come to a people that you did not know before. The Lord repay you for what you've done and a full reward be given to you by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you've come to take refuge. 在这里呢，路德记第二章十一到十二节，路德回答了这个问题。那里是这么说的：“伯阿斯回答说，自从你丈夫死后，凡你向婆婆所行的，并你离开父母和本地到数不认识的民中，这些是人全都告诉我了。
who delights in protecting and loving his children. So as we look at this account of Ruth Naomi, we see incredible amounts of loyalty and love shown by Ruth. We see grace extended by the worthy man named Boaz. But ultimately, this story is about the God that Ruth chooses to follow. Ruth chooses to lose everything behind, everything that she has, in order to follow this God. And the Lord is reminding us through this account too, that a time is coming when he will provide that protection over each one of us. Because the Lord is loyal, He promises never to leave us, never to forsake us. The Lord promises us that there'll be a time where there's no more separation, no more tears, no more pain. But in this world, as the pain and the suffering presses us in, we're now pushed closer to the person of Christ. So as we look at Ruth, you probably know there's four chapters in Ruth. I recounted to you for today that first chapter is full of tragedy and death and heartbreak. I'm telling you, for you, his children, he never leaves us in that state. For the weight of this world is crushing us and pushing us and, and just putting so much pressure on us, it should push us to the person of Christ. And out of the suffering, we come under the wings and the protection of our Lord God. For we as God's children know that this is not the end. There's much more to come. And our hope and our joy lies in the sovereignty and grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Out of our suffering, God will bring the picture of Christ who promises never to leave us and never to forsake us. Okay, let's close in a word of prayer. I thank you this morning you brought us a picture of Ruth. 
who knows you as her God, who puts her trust in you. She leaves everything behind in order to make you her God. And also we saw a picture of Boaz. A worthy man, a godly man. Who knows you so well that he extend grace and mercy to Ruth. And we know that these are all types of Christ. And you're foreshadowed all over your word, and we see you being that God who never leaves us and never forsakes us. May we learn these characteristics and demonstrate these same characteristics in our life. That ultimately our faith, our hope, our trust, our joy all comes from turning to Christ. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Okay, uh, just a few more things here. I'd like to do a few announcements.